Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. little Black Friday edition as the Eagles have a giant game, no pun intended, this Sunday at 1 o'clock against the New York Giants. And the Giants are, you know, a team in turmoil right now. Coming off of firing Jason Garrett. And now Freddie Kitchens takes over as their new play caller. Um, listen, we can make fun of the Giants and their their record and what they just did Monday night, but here's the facts. They do have a lot of talent on offense. Saquon Barkley, clearly very talented, just very injury-prone. Uh, Evan Ingram, you know, has elite athleticism for a tight end, but has just never put it together. You know, John Ross is as fast as a guy as there is in the NFL. Kenny Galladay obviously was really good with the Lions there for a couple years, signed a big deal with them. Um Kadarius Tony. I mean, again, I don't know what the the status of all these guys in terms of what they're going to do if they're going to be able to play, but I mean, here's the story. They have talent on offense. They clearly played pretty good on defense last year. I know for a fact that they're a little unimpressed with uh, Bradbury this year as a corner, and he's maybe unperform- or underperformed, but the Giants are... It's a tricky, tricky thing. It really is. It's very tricky in regards to... In regards to what you're going to get, I would bet you that the Giants this week, you know, I, listen, they have a lot about this game. This this game means a ton to them because we kept them out of the playoffs last year. Don't you all remember? We kept the Giants out of the playoffs. Not the fact that they won six games kept them out of the playoffs. It was the Eagles not trying their hardest to beat Washington that kept them out. So they got some, you know, b- bad blood. And that idiot Joe Judge this week talking about Devontae Smith and saying, oh, yeah, we always knew the Eagles were going to trade up when, you know, the report came out that they were furious that we traded up to pick him because that's who they were going to pick when they haven't tried to address the biggest question mark on their offense, Daniel Jones, and maybe their offensive line. But um, listen, at the end of the day, I could sit here and tell you this. The Giants are going to come out swinging. They're going to play one of their better games. If you can't beat the New York Giants, here's a spoiler. You aren't beating the Los Angeles Rams. You aren't beating the Green Bay Packers. You aren't beating the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, that's the truth here. If you can't beat the New York Giants in New York, you're not beating any of those said teams in their home field or on their home field. It's just the truth. Listen, we're, we're, we're the talk of the league right now. The Eagles are, you know, the new innovative offense, which is, you know, going old school with this running game. We're like the Baltimore Ravens. I love what we're doing. Truthfully, I do. I love the fact that our offensive line is playing physical, and you saw now that they got in a play physical that they could be one of the best units in the entire NFL. That's been proven, obviously. I love the fact that you know our quarterback has been the highest rated in terms of QBR uh, quarterback in the last five weeks. Over the last five weeks, he's been the top guy in QBR in the NFL. And you'll sit there and say, oh my gosh, it's because they're finally, they're, they're taking the ball out of his hands. No, it's because they're coaching to the strength of the team. Go figure. We're not having him drop back 50 times a game when we have really two viable pass cart, uh, catchers. That's what the Eagles are doing. They're coaching to the strength of their team. And the quarterback is benefiting from it, and he's playing good. And by the way, when he was asked to throw the ball 20 times and a half against Denver, he carved them up because he's actually very good. 
But let's talk about what I just said there, because that's been the big debate this week, as it should be, the pass catchers. Devontae Smith is a stud. We know this. Dallas Goddard is a stud. We know this. Quez Watkins is, again, I get it. You know, we're we're holding him over the, the fire here for that drop against Denver. But besides that, Quez Watkins has played really well this year when he's been given opportunities. The big problem is number 18, right? The number one pick of the 2020 draft, Jalen Rager. And listen, Jalen Rager has, what, five receiving yards over the last four games? That's unacceptable. It is. Now, you could sit there and point, oh, well, they're not drawing up plays to throw the ball to him. They're not throwing the ball a lot. Listen, if Jalen Rager was impressing this coaching staff, they would be figuring out ways to get him the ball. They, they were doing the, the jet sweeps with him and stuff like that, but I mean, we didn't draft Jalen Rager in the first round to be a guy that we hand the ball off to. I'm not sitting here saying we can't use Jalen Rager in that role, and we could do that, but you're also expecting him to make some plays in the passing game as well. Listen, Debo Samuel is having an incredible year for the Niners. They run him with the, They give him the ball to run. I have no problem if the Eagles start, start trying to use Jalen Rager in that capacity. Now, again, I don't know how good he would be in that capacity. In the small glimpses, they've done it, it's worked. But, I mean, he's an absolutely brutal kick returner, and he's a brutal punt returner. So I don't know if it's necessarily going to translate him getting the ball from, you know, scrimmage in terms of being a, you know, a ball carrier. But I'm willing to try anything with this guy because at this point, you're just having him waste space out there. He's literally contributing zero on offense. He is an absolute zero. So do you put Greg Ward in, right? Do you put J.J. Ortega-Whiteside in? And I know people hear that and they get a little like, oh, you can't put J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Well, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside actually, you know, when we were making fun of him two years ago in his rookie year, by the way, uh, for not producing, he's produced probably more than Jalen Rager has. Really. I mean, that's wild to say, but let's, let's, you know what? I say this, and I didn't think about it, but but just by saying it, I kind of want to just pull this up and see, right? That is a very interesting thing, right? So Jalen Rager, right? Let's let's pull up Jalen Rager's career stats. So Jalen Rager's career stats. Let's see here. I mean, I it, it's it's not pretty. I know that, but his career stats. So last year he had thirty-one catches, three hundred ninety-six yards. His long was a 55-yarder in his first game. On his first catch, he had one touchdown. This year, he's got 23 catches, 170 yards, and two touchdowns. Which is crazy. He has less touchdowns than Darius Slay. So over his career, he has 54 catches for 566 yards. That's 10 yards a catch, 55 being the long, and three touchdowns. Now, I get it. He missed time last year, so we take that into you know account. But he was the number one guy, by the way, for what they wanted to be, at least. Not, and Travis Fulgham ended up being it. But Jalen Rager underperformed. Now, let's go over J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, right? So J.J. Ortega-Whiteside stats. I'm telling you, you're you're, you're, like, we literally have jokes about J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And here's his career stats. He has one catch this year for 23 yards. We just saw it. Last year, four catches for 85 yards. I believe that was all in the Washington game. But as a rookie, 10 catches, 169 yards. And one touchdown. 15 for 277. Clearly, obviously, it's not anywhere close to Rager. And obviously, Rager's performed better if you look at it statistically. But I'm just saying here, at some point, you know what I mean? Maybe like this week, I think the Jalen Rager thing should be this. I think if the Eagles really wanted to put Greg Ward in over uh, Jalen Rager, they would. But the problem with doing so is this. 
Um, Greg Ward is an inside receiver. They like the, to, to use position versatility. Like, Devontae will play inside one time. Then you'll look over, you'll see it's Quez. Now you'll see it's Jalen. They like to move their receivers. Greg can't really move outside. We know that. He has to kind of be in the middle. But what you can do is you can rotate. You can rotate Jalen Rager in. You can rotate Greg Ward in. And you can rotate J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Yes, I'm saying give J.J. Ortega-Whiteside a shot. He showed something to me in that Washington game last year. Clearly, he did make a play, a big play there in the preseason. I think that, you know what, he made a play when he caught the ball this year. I have no problem if we give J.J. Ortega-Whiteside a chance. I mean, really, we're begging, we're giving Jalen Rager all these chances. Well, Ortega-Whiteside was a second-round pick the year before. Let's give him another chance here if we're going to keep him on the roster. But, I mean, just letting a guy who's a complete zero be out there isn't helping this team at all. And again, it doesn't help the quarterback. That's the most important part here is like we're trying to figure out what Jalen Hurts is and we're trying to figure it out with him throwing on the backs of two guys, which isn't going to help. I think this week the Eagles need to throw the football because I'm telling you this, when you run the ball like they do, and again, they are setting records and I'm not sitting here saying don't run the football. Of course, run the football. But eventually, you know what's going to happen? We're, we're, we're going to get slowed down in the run game. And this is the week it could happen because Jordan Howard isn't going to play. And that's a big, big deal. No Jordan Howard means no bull, no inside zone. We're going to have to rely on our, you know, running back who's got a little bit of a fumbling problem. We're going to have to rely on our, uh, you know, our our third string running back now, our fourth string running back, Kenny Gainwell, who, you know, was just benched. Boston Scott is obviously, you know, a giant killer. That goes without question. He has his best games against New York, and I hope that continues. But the injury report came out, and it's Jordan Howard's out. We knew this. Uh, Sean Bradley was limited with his knee. Tay Gowan limited with his quad. Darius Slay was, uh, this was yesterday, limited with his concussion. But just got a report that Darius Slay is going to play, which is huge for the Eagles. That is huge for the Eagles that Darius Slay is going to play. Because Zach McPherson playing would have been a problem. Especially, like I said, we could criticize the Giants all they want, but they do have weapons if Daniel Jones can get the ball going. Very winnable game, obviously. The Eagles should win the game. They should. They should win this game. Goes without saying. The Eagles should win this game. Do I think they're going to win this game? I do. And let me tell you this. It's now it's very, very important to win this game because guess what? Dallas lost yesterday. This division is far from over. It, as much as it seemed over when the Eagles were 2-5, and five, it ain't over. I mean, Dallas was 7-1. The Eagles were 2-5, and five, and it ain't over. Dallas, or 6-1, and one, whatever they were, and we were. But, I mean, regardless, Dallas is, we've won 3-4. or four, Dallas has lost 3-4. I, I, I'm, listen, Dallas has excuses, for sure, for losing yesterday. The referees were atrocious. Uh, I get it. They're playing without their two top guys at wide receiver, Cooper and Lamb. But, I mean, the point being here is their defense did not do the job. And they got beat. Now, Micah Parsons is an animal. I mean, he is an animal. That guy is a problem. But, you know, like we look at Trayvon Diggs. Remember, everybody built him a bust. He was going into Canton. Seems like he could get beat over the top a lot. Like I, I'm just telling you, they're, they're not as perfect as maybe we, we were talking. And I said they were the most talented team in the NFC. They have some really top-end talent. Like Parsons is like, he could... He's the defensive player of the year in the making. He could compete for it this year. He's that good. But, I mean, 
besides him on their defense, it's like just a bunch of so-so guys. So their defense is clearly gettable. Offensively is where, you know, they're they're bread and butter. And Dak looked a lot more like his old self yesterday. He played a lot better. But, I mean, their offensive line, you know, Tyron Smith's health is obviously a big deal with them. I mean, they're going to get Cooper and Lamb back, so the wide receivers are obviously going to be, you know, much more improved. It, I, they're not, trust me, Dallas isn't as low a team as they're playing right now, but I'm just saying, all they got to do is lose one game, and that game in Week 18 now matters. And it's very possible. They still play the Cardinals. You know, they got to still play Washington. They still got to play New York. Like, we got to play these teams too, and I'm just telling you, like, don't say they can't win. Obviously they can, but... Everything has opened up for the Eagles here in a good way. And I just told you, Darius Slay playing now this week is a big deal. Darius Slay should be in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation. He is by far, in my opinion, the top corner uh, we've had in the last 10 years. He's unbelievable. I mean, really, guy's got three touchdowns. Say what you want. Oh, well, this, no, he's got three touchdowns as a defensive player. It's incredible. And... This whole debate this week about Jalen Hurts being the, the franchise guy, I'm telling you this right now, Jalen Hurts is that damn good. They're going to build this thing around Jalen Hurts. We're, we're, we're going to have three first-round picks, nowhere near where we thought they were going to be maybe a month ago, like all top 10. They're not going to be that. Colts are obviously pretty good. Um, the Eagles have gotten a lot better, and Miami's won three in a row. So those picks are going to be, hopefully we get one of them in the top 10, but... If you don't use them all now, now what you can do is try to maybe package them to move up and get a guy here. Like I said, I mean, we'll talk about the draft when it comes, but there's some talent on defense that's coming out in this draft the Eagles are going to have to get because we definitely need to use those picks on defense. And we probably should bring in a veteran wide receiver. But that's next year. We're talking this year right now. What could happen? And I'm telling you this. I said it last week. I said it, and I'm going to keep saying it. If the Eagles get in, they present a problem because when you play physical football, it's hard for teams to combat. And here's the reason why physical football works nowadays. Because everybody has designed their team to get faster. And when you get faster, you get smaller. And what happens is if your linebackers are no longer 240, 250, and now they're 220, you know, 210, 220, like, that's what happened. Like, let me give you a heads up. No linebacker that's 220 pounds is going to get off a block from Landon Dickerson. No linebacker that's 220 pounds is going to get off a block from Lane Johnson. And we're going to get Brandon Brooks back. So this whole notion that running the football, that's why it's in vogue now. That's why if you could do it, you could do it because it's legitimately being set up for because everybody in this league is trying so hard to combat the pass that they've neglected stopping the run, and that's why the Eagles are able to feast on it. You have a quarterback that could run the football. He is a weapon. I'm not advocating that he runs the ball 18 times a game or anything like that, and they don't have to. But having some runs built in, having the threat of the quarterback running, it helps in the passing game because guess what? When these guys rush, they have to stay in their lanes now. They have to mush rush. And when you do that, it gives you a little bit more time, and it's a lot easier for your offensive line to block because you're just worried that guy might take off. Now, their quarterback has some athletic ability. I know you won't believe it, but Daniel Jones, I mean, I, we all saw it. He had that 90-yard run or whatever last year. He can move. He's quicker than you think. And I'd envision that the Giants are now at this point, right now, thinking in their heads, we are just going to just let it loose with Daniel Jones. Let's just let it loose with him. Let's, let's put him out because who cares? They're coaching for their jobs. They're no longer trying to develop the quarterback. They're trying to win games because their jobs are on the line. Huge, 
huge game because we played this game. We're at MetLife here for two straight weeks, and, and then we have a bye week. And I'm telling you this right now, if we can just get these two wins, these will be two big games here. But I mean, I, I, and it's not to look forward, but being seven and six going into that bye with the Saints losing last night, the wild card, like I said, that obviously becomes doable. And then more so, the division becomes doable. Now we're going to go ahead and like last week I talked about the NFC. I want to talk about a little bit of the AFC contenders as well because the whole point of winning a Super Bowl is you have to beat the team from the AFC. But before I do, I do have a quick word here from Anchor. So let's go over the AFC, right? So what does the AFC have? What are we looking at in terms of contenders over there? Listen, the AFC, and I said this a couple weeks ago, it's still the Chiefs. They're the best team in the AFC. They're going to still be the best team in the AFC because they have the best player. They have arguably the best quarterback that's ever played football. They have a wide receiver who is arguably one of the best deep threats there's ever been. Um, You have a tight end who is arguably one of the best tight ends there's ever been. He's a little bit of a drop problem, but I mean, so be it. Their offensive line is adequate. Obviously, when that goes down, they go down because we saw it in the Super Bowl. But I mean, they're decent with their running backs. Their defense is starting to click now. That was a big thing. Tyron Matthews still there. Jones are starting to work a little bit better. Spagnuolo is starting to find his groove. Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. Who else, though? Right? You look at Buffalo. Buffalo showed up last night against the Saints. They blasted the doors off them. But Buffalo, my goodness, man, they've had some of the worst losses you could ever imagine this year. Like, they're just getting blown out of the building by the Colts last week, losing to the Jaguars. You know what I mean? Like, Buffalo has just been very Jekyll and Hyde, which isn't good. I mean, it's great. When they're clicking, they're good. They're as good as there is. But, I mean, that's the thing. They've This year, they've turned it off a bunch. And it's just hard in the playoffs to just keep turning it on and off. It, that's not how it works. You know, you look at New England. New England's probably as hot a team as there is in the NFL. Really good defense they're playing. Mac Jones isn't turning the ball over, not doing anything above and beyond. Ah, <laughs> go figure. But you hear that, by the way, about Mac Jones and how good he is because, you know, he's doing what he's asked. And it's like Jalen Hurts is doing that, and yet people are trying to poke holes. It's just, I, I don't get it. I don't understand this thing about, you know, trying to find holes in Jalen Hurts but accepting everybody else. It's just so stupid to me. It's the stupidest thing, and it's done in the entire NFL. You know, we, we, oh, Lamar does this. Well, Jalen does this, but Jalen does it. Like, you know what I mean? It's like everybody you point at, Justin Fields, all these guys, they're all better than Jalen Hurts, but yet Jalen Hurts has had the highest QBR in the NFL for five straight weeks. Well, not straight weeks. He's been the highest QBR over the last five weeks, but he's had a pretty damn close to top QBR in, in each game in the last five weeks. But the Patriots, clearly they're clicking. You know, uh, we talked about Baltimore. I mean, it's they're just so beat up with injuries. Tennessee, obviously, they're they're ravished with injuries. The Colts, we just mentioned them. They got a great running game. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is an animal. So, I mean, really, like, they're not going anywhere. And they have a very good defense. They had talent. That's the whole point of them trading for Carson Wentz. It, but I don't look at any of those teams and go, can't play with them. I mean, we, we played Kansas City, and we played with an ass-backwards offense, and we still played with Kansas City. This year, they didn't punt the football against us, and we still kept it a game. And you got to hope our defense shifts mentality, and that's the biggest question with the Eagles. It's always going to be, what does Jonathan Gannon do when he's got Patrick Mahomes across from him and not Trevor Simeon? What does he do when he's got to look at Josh Allen instead of, uh, you know, what's-his-face, Teddy Bridgewater? But if we stay aggressive and we play this new aggressive style, absolutely keeps the Eagles in every game. 
they are a team's worst nightmare because we do what the NFL, you know, was thought was getting phased out. We run the football and we run it down your throats, and that's the way you should play. Play to the strength of your team. All I'm telling everybody is this. Don't rule this out, that the Eagles can make a move. I, I, the biggest questions they got is who can help Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard catching the football and if they could stay healthy at the running back position and their offensive line clearly. And then on defense, if the defensive ends can just by accident learn to touch the quarterback, that'll help. Games at 1 o'clock. Again, it's 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 the prove it game. I keep saying prove it, prove it, prove it. Well, you gotta prove it. And again, you'll say, oh, they, well, they want no prove it again. Now you're playing a desperate team. Now, like you know what I mean. The Saints were a beat up team. Uh, Denver, you know, because coming off a big win. Now you're facing the desperate team. You know what I mean. You had the team that came off the big win that might have had a little bit of a letdown. You faced a team that was beat up and you beat them up. Okay, now cool. Now you're playing a team that is desperate. This is a desperate team in New York. They are desperate. Beat a desperate team on their home turf. Put them out. That's what you do here. That's what good football teams do. That's what teams that can win in the playoffs do. And we'll find out quick. So stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay educated. Go Eagles. Go.